All right, back for the third episode. Long, a long hiatus. Had a little summer break. Back to talk about the job market, and it's a it's an exciting time, an exciting week. There's a lot, a lot to cover. Um, even just kind of as we uh, as we run up to these, I feel like there's believe it or not, very little preparation. But uh, I will sometimes just browse through headlines, and there's. As, a, as kind of always seems to be the case lately, there's just so much that um, we can put her off on here with, with the data. So I'm not sure where we want to start. Do you want to start with introductions? Yeah, like, we can start with introductions. I'm Tom Oshmacher, Chief of Architects and Vegetable Listeners. There are dozens of us. Uh, Tom Oshmacher, Chief Revenue Officer at LinkUp. Um, been here about eight years, uh, and you know we will we'll provide a little bit more history on the company if, if you're not familiar. But if you're listening to the podcast, I assume you're pretty familiar with who we are and what we do. I am Toby Dayton, CEO of LinkUp. Great. You want to start? Should we start with the uh, non-farm payrolls? The blog just came out this morning, last night. Last night. Uh, yeah, so we did issue our forecast for tomorrow's jobs numbers for June. Uh, actually, it came in uh, with the forecast well above consensus. I think consensus was about 225,000 jobs, and we are forecasting a net gain of 310,000 jobs for June. So, well above consensus forecasts and continued seeing continued strength in the job market um, pretty much by any measure and everywhere you look it's job market continues to be incredibly uh, robust and resilient and and seemingly immune to anything the Fed is trying to do to cool down the, uh, the economy and jobs continue to sort of be the, the uh, energizer bunny if you will uh, around what's going on in the economy so We'll see what happens tomorrow. ADP came out today with their number, which was uh, also kind of a blowout number of 497,000 jobs in the private sector, although there's some quirks in their seasonality, which, uh, but even still, it's, it's a pretty strong number. So uh, it just continues to be a uh, just never-ending job market. Yeah, definitely. And that's, you know, the markets were down this morning just because everybody, you know, Realizing now that that is is likely to move forward with with more rate hikes this year, especially given that uh, you know, that projection, uh, mostly from from ADP. I think um, I don't know. Do you want to go into like a little bit of the history? I feel like this this post of yours was uh, you know it was pretty meaty. There's a lot in there around kind of the different phases of the, the recovery from the pandemic. I have to, to be honest, even just reading the word pandemic. <laughs> 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 Wasn't ready for it. But I thought it was I thought it was really interesting. Um, and you know, I think it's good, you know, it's certainly justified to to kind of point out all the, you know, kind of what has happened and how we've kind of you know forecasted through that. And I say we I and mean, you. Um, but then also in here is that kind of that first chart around, you know, the uh, predictive attributes of our data and how we use that to predict the non-farm payrolls and how we're within, you know, we've only been off by like 3.8%. So I don't know if there's anything more you want to touch on. Well, the and there is a little bit of history there and, and it, sort of a, getting a little bit 
repetitive in some ways because we've been walking through this since since uh, the pandemic. But so it's it's a little bit of going back in time. But it it we I, we summarized it again and with a little bit of a different spin on things, mainly because we we continue to see and read about and this is a little bit of the focus of the blog post is that uh, there can. The job market and the strength of it just has continued since since the Fed began hiking rates uh, about a year ago, around 15 months ago, last March. Um, there continues to be really, really strong job growth, which we have forecasted, but yet is confounding to a lot of the people that are observing the, uh, the market, trying to forecast it, economists that are uh, talking about it. So it's, we I, I just feel every month compelled to sort of revisit sort of why this is happening, which for us is, you know, with, with 20 plus years of being in the job market and, and in human cap, capital management, um, you know, maybe we've got a unique perspective on, on the way the job market functions, but um, we just continue to see that uh, this is confusing to a lot of people. So it feels sort of compelled to, to, to highlight the, what's been going on. So going back and I'll do a really quick summary here, but it's in the blog post. And then in past blog posts, we've done a lot more detail around different parts of this, but effectively in the pandemic in 2020 to 2022 um, is sort of what we called phase one of the pandemic era. And that was a massive supply shock Quarantines shut down, the economy shut down, everybody stayed at home, people weren't going into work if uh, and, and, and unless you could work remotely. And so there was a absolute no supply. There was no supply of workers, there was no supply of goods, there were no supply of services. And there was actually very, very significant demand on all three of those. And so there was this massive supply shock to the entire economy. And then as vaccines, that was sort of part one um, of, of the pandemic era. And there were a lot of, in that, in that era, uh, remote work obviously took hold. And uh, a lot of companies that actually survived through that and actually saw an increase in labor demand, they were trying to hire like crazy. Um, and, and so there was some, some strange things going on in around the job market in, in, as vaccines began to get rolled out in, and the things started to return to, to uh, at least sort of uh, from, from quarantine, the, the supply demand imbalance was absolutely massive uh, as, as people uh, started going back to work um, and pe people's sort of economy started opening up sort of state by state as they were rolling out different policies there. And companies were trying to hire and fill across the entire economy effectively. And yet people were very slow to go back to work. And there was this huge supply demand imbalance combined with uh, what was then labeled the, the great resignation with people really fundamentally rethinking their relationship with work and uh, their companies and employers and, and work-life balance and putting huge, huge uh, demands in front of workers to, uh, that would be have to be met for them to return back to their old jobs and their old salaries and their old working conditions. And so that was, again, just exacerbated this huge supply-demand imbalance. And as a result, 
company started just raising wages was the number one thing and to get people back to work. And it sort of played out over a whole series of cycles over the course of, of about a year with companies raising wages and, and making uh, all kinds of concessions and seeding all kinds of, of demands uh, from, from candidates and employees. And that was incredibly effective in bringing people back to work. So that was sort of phase one. And then uh, inflation was was off the charts and, and the Fed started hiking in March of last year. And phase two uh, was this sort of growing equilibrium as companies um, were finding it uh, that they were able to hire people. They had raised wages sufficiently over a number of different you know, over time and people were coming back in and the supply demand balance uh, equilibrium was reached and the bid ask spread between employers and employees narrowed. And it just resulted in this just continuous month after month strong job gains with as companies were finally able to hire and fill openings and meet this insatiable demand from consumers and businesses and the economy sort of roared back to life. And so this uh, has gone on over the last year and just every month after month after month, uh, companies have, have been adding jobs. Uh, and despite layoffs, despite all these other sort of uh, peripheral factors that people keep pointing to, the job you know, juggernaut just kind of keeps rolling month after month after month. And uh, we've, we've been using our forecast model, as, as you said, Tom, to forecast on our payrolls and we've been continuously you know not every month but but uh, forecasting for the most part uh stronger than consensus numbers and and in fact that's the way things have played out for for essentially the last 15 months thanks for that that's good a little longer than a quick history <laughs> but so three years of pandemic history in, in two minutes yeah that's not too bad three years uh, so overly ponderous answer. That's right. I think one thing that would be interesting, and I just one thing we're gonna do uh, at Link Up here in the coming weeks is we're gonna be putting out starting out just like a basically like a jobs 101 series, kind of talking about a lot of these different metrics and things that people watch. And um, I think that that'll be you know helpful uh, in kind of explaining some of this. But another thing that, that just came out today was jolts uh, for May. So uh, in May we saw job openings you know, fell, uh, they were 10.3 million in April, 9.8 million in May. So is that going to, you know, as those kind of overall like job openings start to dip, and again, that's something we we projected, uh, you know, a month ahead of time on the, the jolts portion yeah. of our site. When do you think that's gonna kind of start to, to turn into actual jobs filled? You know, coming down. Right. I, I I do think it will come down at some point. The labor demand, the job openings has come down steadily since last March. And it's almost I mean, literally to the month when the Fed started hiking labor demand, uh, as we've seen. And, and again, we're indexing jobs directly from company websites, uh, millions and millions of jobs every day directly from tens of thousands of, of employer websites around the world. And we, so we've got a good, accurate sense of what's going on from a, a macro standpoint down to an individual company standpoint. And labor demand has dropped steadily, even in the face of all these job gains and unemployment has stayed at, at historic lows. 
so it had you know, this soft landing that we had started forecasting uh, was occurring even or was likely to occur even last spring, last summer. That back then everybody thought was completely insane that it was going to be a recession. That recession forecast has been perpetually sort of put off by people uh, as as the economic data and, and particularly the jobs data continues to come in better than anticipated. Um, but in it, I, I think there is the the labor demand is coming down, and ultimately there will be a point in time where job growth is gonna is gonna start to flatten out. I we don't know when that is. We're actually now uh, our our job openings went actually have plateaued uh, since uh, really the beginning of the year and stayed pretty flat. So. Uh, and and last month it went up a, a, a notch as well. So we certainly would forecast that job growth is going to remain strong through the summer. And if um, you know, we'll see sort of what happens in the in the back half of the year. But our immediate short term forecast is that the job market is is going to remain very very strong. And I think as we sort of outlined in our blog post yesterday, I think looking forward it's really up to the Fed to determine where this economy is going to go and what's going to happen in the job market. If they hold tight or they start uh, pausing uh, as they did last month, but they continue to pause or they intersperse or pause, small like, pause, small like, something like that, then uh, I think that the economy and the job market are going to remain strong. If they are absolutely adamant in getting inflation down to 2%, uh, I think they're going to continue to to hike pretty aggressively, and that may end up resulting in in uh, you know a downturn in, in the economy, you know, a, a recession, uh, maybe maybe not, but it's certainly going to have an impact on on hiring, and and so uh, it really depends on sort of what the how aggressive the Fed's going to be for this next phase. I think the uh, the Wage inflation and corporate profits are the two big, biggest pieces at the moment. And, and wage inflation is, is tapering off. I think we've seen the most of that. I think it's still there in pockets, uh, certain sectors of the economy, low-wage uh, industries and occupations, leisure and hospitality, those kinds of things where uh, the uh, lowest, lowest wage sectors of the economy are still going to see some wage inflation. Um, but for the most part, it's 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 tapered off significantly. So, uh, what they have to do to to get inflation down to that two percent, I think, is is going to require a little bit more aggressive action if if they stick to that target. Yeah, that's interesting. <clears throat> we just and, and and on kind of more the the detail around you know occupations and industries where we're seeing you know growth and decline in job listings. We did put out the the monthly recap. Uh, just just yesterday as well. So looking back at at June and kind of seeing what we saw, or you know, talking about what we saw there, and it's like you say, you know, um, the the two areas where we're seeing the most growth is like the two occupations is food prep and serving related, personal care and service. You know, I think a lot of that kind of goes back to like travel and hospitality. Yeah, service sector, low wage service sector jobs are both occupation and industry are, are they just continue to be just massively understaffed uh, everywhere. So that that we see hiring continuing to pick up and, and they're gonna have to keep raising wages to get people into those jobs, into those sectors. Yeah, I mean, there's that story in the, in the journal today, greenflation starting to fade, 
the inflation creeping in even more. Yeah. So I think that it's just it's not that it hasn't been here, but it's it's growing stronger in some of those different areas. So it's really interesting to see kind of those. Earlier, you had mentioned, you know, some conflicting data points. Do you want to touch a little bit more on what's causing some of that confusion? And is it the data? Is it the source of the data? Is it? Well, I, yeah, it's a little bit of both. I think that in in some cases there are some there are some things that are that are potentially could be perceived as as causing uh, being um, contradictory or or creating sort of mixed signals. Last month was a good example of this, and we touched on a few in the in the post yesterday. But um, in in last month's jobs report, um, two things that that were highlighted there and people pointed to as potentially cause for concern about a declining, uh, you know, future declines in in job growth. One was that the number of hours worked had dropped, and in some cases, that is a precursor to. Um, decreasing job gains in, in future months and a potential recession as, as companies cut back on hours and, and overtime and things like that. I think in this case, that's not at all what's happening. I think what we're seeing now is that companies are finally able to fill openings and therefore then they can cut back on the amount of work there, you know, the, the load they're putting on to people that have been carrying that uh, burden for, for so long and in this really very challenging job market um, uh, for employers. So they can cut back on overtime finally, they can cut back on double shifts because they've now got more people. So they can start to actually have uh, back to sort of normal sets of, of you know, working conditions for people and you know, an average work week instead of these uh, overtime and, and double shifts that they had been leaning on their workforces for. So that was one data point. I think um, the other the other one that was causing um, some some people pointing to as a mixed signal was was sort of similar. I think unemployment last month jumped up to three point eight from three point six percent, and again people pointed to ah oh, rising unemployment. It must be the the start of you know the, the the increase we've all been forecasting. Uh, the consensus estimates have been forecasting uh, recession that that was going to eventually occur. Again, I think it's quite the opposite in this case. I think as more people are seeing um, the uh, employers make concessions and raise wages and and uh, cede to to other kinds of concessions and make. Uh, their offers uh, for for positions more attractive. More and more people have come into the job market, and I think too um, some other factors are driving that. As people, um, you know, spending is is starting to come down. There's uh, fears of recession in certain areas, so I think people more and more people have have started to come back into the job market, which is going to boost uh, the denominator in that unemployment calculation. So it takes time to people come into the job market, they start looking, and it takes time before they find and accept the job. So there is this sort of blip in, up in, in um, the number of people in the workforce, which creates a spike in, in uh, unemployment. The labor force participation, more and more people are coming back in, which is, uh, again, a really positive sign. And again, that uh, equilibrium in the, in the job market is is increasing. So again, I think people point to those and uh, some some people uh, can see them negatively and 
uh, we're, we're, we, our belief is that those are actually positive indicators on, on both those fronts. On your second point about some other data points that, uh, or, or sort of issues going on in terms of other things, I think there are people who point to some issues around the way the official data is calculated, whether it's the birth death model and the B by the BLS, which is, we won't get into, but is, is cause for some, some issues there. Uh, I think people are looking to, uh, right now, JOLTS data and even the BLS jobs numbers is survey-based and there's declining participation in those surveys, which causes some people to question the validity of that data. I think that's you know, th those aren't completely erroneous observations, but they are, I think, I would say for the most part, those are those are really sort of at the periphery and, and not really meaningful in any way, shape or form. I think the, 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 the data tends to be uh, over time, very consistent and tracking sort of what's going on in the underlying job market. So again, we'd sort of dismiss those as, as a little bit of cherry picking or selective Kind of bias in terms of what the official data uh, is is saying. Thanks for that additional insight. One one final thing I want to talk about because it has been something we've we've talked about uh, in all of our previous episodes. Um, but you know, the, we kind of talk a little bit about the power of the worker, and yeah, like you know, you say people coming back into the workforce and increasing that denominator. Um, and there's an article today in the New York Times from Ben Castleman. Um, and it's about you know the great resignation is over, and basically the, the title is can, "Can Workers' Power Endure?" And so he's talking a little bit about you know the pendulum potentially swinging back to the employer. Um, and again, you know I think we we see a little bit of that even with the the Jolts numbers, right? Like, so yeah, curious to know your thoughts on. Yeah, I think that's going to be one of the things that is is going to be interesting to watch going forward. It certainly has been the case that as employers, uh, I think, really were aggressive in in meeting every demand that that workers put in front of them to get back to work, and it was very effective. I think that's again in large part what's been powering the six million jobs that have been added to the U.S. economy in the last fifteen or uh, eighteen months in January of last year. Um, I do think that that pendulum is probably going back the other way a little bit. The question is, how far is it going to swing back? And and my my gut feel is it it was pretty extreme, and now that things are moderating a little bit, there is equilibrium, uh, greater equilibrium in the in between employers and employees. Um, the uh, the the wage inflation is coming down. Quits are coming down. Um, so I, I think that equilibrium is things are getting into, you know, somewhat of a more normal state. My gut feel is, is that it's, it's going to not, it, the, it's going to continue to skew towards more towards employees than it did pre pandemic. And I think that there are some aspects to the great resignation and this sort of pandemic era, post pandemic era that are gonna be permanent. Remote work is one of them. I think that is here to stay. Um, again, for certain sectors, certain types of jobs, certain occupations, companies, it is gonna be very case by case. But I think as a whole, uh, we're continuing to see that, that uh, remote work jobs, it's about three times bigger than it was before, uh, before the pandemic. I think that's gonna persist. 
I think companies have really fundamentally realized, and, and workers have too, that things things are different now than they were in, in 2019. And I think that's going to stay. So, uh, but I think the question is a, is, a, is a good one. It's something certainly we're paying close attention to, and it's going to have long-term implications for the, the future of work, uh, certainly across the entire economy. So you'd say that people are done quiet quitting and they're starting to grumpy stay. <laughs> <laughs> Might be. I feel like I think I saw a headline about that. So yeah. Somebody's trying to make like grumpy staying. I think. I think it's good. Um, or at least I hope never have to hear it again. But as far as like, I don't want to work with any of those people. <laughs> yeah, we can go from uh, you know, talking about that model to uh, more pop. <laughs> grumpy uh, quitting. Grumpy. Grumpy staying. Good, 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 good. Awesome. Anything else you want to cover on today? Otherwise, no, I think that's uh, tomorrow will be another blockbuster day. I We expect uh, very good, strong jobs numbers and a lot of a uh, lot of response in the markets uh, when those hit. I think it'll be another volatile day. You know, and and uh, again, as you said at the outset, uh, continues to be just a massive spotlight focus on the job market, which is uh, it's uh, something near and dear to our hearts. So we'll see what happens tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, we'll see if if, if the number is good. It'll be hard to uh, to avoid a victory lap after our Jules prediction. And, and, and of course, this podcast will come out after the fact, so everybody will have already known by the way. Tune in. Yeah, we're gonna post it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Toby. All right. All right. Thanks.